podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of Across the Pond Sports Podcast. Third one this week and it is the last, I promise. Uh, this is a NBA special. Um, a lot coming up in the NBA uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, we've got potential start dates. We do have the NBA draft this Sunday, which we're going to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about Yanis, where he could end up. Um, new uniforms are coming out. It's always a positive thing when you see new uniforms, depending on whether you like them or not. Um, do get us on social media, Across the Pond Sports Pod, uh, on Facebook and Instagram, um, at ATP Sports Pod, um, on Twitter. Um, the Facebook group is growing, and we're getting a lot more engagement on there. So um, you love sports, please do come on. Um, we've got Ryan coming up. In just a second, uh, just before we go to Ryan, uh, just to remind you that we are going to be on Collide, uh, the app uh, for the watch party this weekend, um, the Sunday, hosting uh, another Red Zone party. Uh, this week, um, we're not going to do the Red Zone for the whole time. What we're going to do is we're going to Red Zone it for the first half, for the, the early slate of games, because there's loads of games on. And then thereafter that, we're going to, myself and Katie, are going to switch over and we're going to be covering the Raiders at the Chargers. It was, it was pretty much one of our games of the week um, for this weekend. Um, so we're both uh, going to be on um, covering that game for you on the Collide app. So download the Collide app. Um, it's always better to share sports together, um, get your opinions across, have a bit of a laugh and a bit of a joke. Have a couple of beers. Um, obviously, can't cheers each other, but um, it should be a lot of fun. Um, Collide are doing a lot of work. It is a very new app. It's only been out for a month or so. Um, it's a very new app. They're adding to it all the time. Um, I've seen some of the developments that they've, they've got in the works. It looks very exciting. So happy to be working with Collide. So as I say, do join us for week nine of Red Zone uh, and then followed by Raiders at Chargers. Other than that, Let's get on with the show. We've got Ryan coming on. He was on about a month and a half ago um, talking about the NBA. So we've got him back again. And uh, yeah, a few things to discuss. Okay, so today we have Ryan with us. Ryan joined us a couple of months back when the NBA season was in full flow. Um, We've got you back again, Ryan. There's not a great deal of news coming out of the NBA, but um, there has been some kind of significant news or or at least steps forward um, to starting a new season um, to obviously we've got the draft coming up this weekend. Teams are bringing out new uniforms. That's always a, a good sign for a, a season starting. Um, not a lot of player movement um, and, and maybe a lot of teams waiting for the draft to happen. Um, but we've got two start dates. Now, this is this is a bit strange. We have two start dates for the NBA, the 22nd of December and the 18th of uh, January. Now, the 22nd of December, because they want to have their big bumper Christmas Day um, bonanza that, that the NBA have every year and it, it works very well. The 18th of January is Martin Luther King Day uh, or leading up to Martin Luther King Day where, where again the NBA basically has the full day to just show and highlight NBA players. Is there is the 22nd just of December too soon um, which is why the players are kind of more towards 
um, January, or is December realistic and that that's what could happen? I, I think that the December one will probably happen, mainly due to the restrictions and all the talk about money around the 18th of January kind of later start. Um, I've seen a lot of kind of projections, especially of your kind of mid-level guys taking massive, massive hits on their contracts if they start that late in January, which I just, I don't see them agreeing to. I think what they're trying to do as the Players Association is get like a better deal around how many games they play, how many back-to-backs, how much traveling's going on and stuff like that, rather than really pushing for that really late start date. I think that's just, it's just kind of, we'll threaten it's going to be that late if we need to. So one number that I've seen is uh, Yahoo reported that there was a billion dollars at stake if they don't play a game in December. Um, a billion dollars is <laughs> a lot of money, and, and that's not even including fans going to buildings because I can't imagine, um, especially in the United States at the moment, the last two days have shown their, their highest COVID rates um, thus far. Um, so having people in buildings is a no-go, but it's the TV rights. The TV rights that ESPN and Turner paid um, to have NBA games on their TV uh, channels uh, cost uh, over a billion dollars. And, and to think that between salaries and losses of staff and, and everything else, it's going to cost them then a billion dollars um, and, and lost revenue, that they've got to be pushing for December. Yeah. They really do. I mean, I've seen actually, I've seen a report, I don't know if it was today or yesterday it might have been, that they're looking at getting people into stadiums, but what they're going to be doing is they're going to be putting them into boxes so they can get roughly between 20 and 30% of their actual attendance, either in boxes or in like spread out zones like that, which I, I think that'd be fantastic. And at least then it would create some kind of buzz in the buildings because some, some of these stadiums are huge. Like I can't even think about um, TD Garden without any noise. Like it's just always buzzing, so that's just that would just be nonsense. Going playing there and like having all that echo would be insane. Well, you look at the NFL. The NFL um, they've had ten percent, fifteen percent attendances. Uh, Dallas Cowboys they have the, the biggest stadium um, as, as an example, and they seem to have done it quite well and you can actually see it when the pan, when the, the camera pans out to the, the stadium itself um, you can actually see these little pockets of people um, all over the place and it, it, that does seem to have worked and I don't think there's any reason as to why it couldn't work um, in, a, in an NBA setting as well um, the bubble worked let's be honest the bubble worked but the bubble was a temporary solution just to finish off a season um, but this is kind of a lot more realistic and you have people people there. Um, there is the talk of obviously less games in a season as well. Um, now, if it starts in December, they're talking about a 72-game season. Um, January uh, start, they haven't really talked about how many games they would play. It would have to be less though, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think there was a, there was a number floated around um, by... I think the one of the heads of the kind of players association and stuff like that, that if it was going to be a January start, they'd be looking at 50 games, which I don't know. I think that's, that's really low, really, really low. And I was listening to, um, and another podcast, um, the other day there, and they're talking oh, about how, 
<laughs> How about you just you just make it meet meet in the middle, make it sixty, like mm-hmm. you know, we had a sixty six game was it sixty six game season two thousand eleven? Uh, yeah, it wasn't. But, yeah, it wasn't a full season. It was sixty something. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So sixty wouldn't be totally out there, like a brand new thing. Um. But I mean, I, I'm of the opinion like fifty still a lot of games. Like, if you think you're you're going to be trying to get back to normality, um, back in or forward in next October, fifty games is still a lot to fit in between January and playoffs and all that kind of stuff for an actual half season break. In October. Well, one thing that we've we seen from Major League Baseball was they had a 60-game season. Um, it was a very delayed season. They managed to deliver a World Series at a time that you would normally have a World Series, uh, and they did that very well. Um, obviously, what, uh, Major League Baseball, they play games every day. Now, they did have their issues with COVID. Miami, Oakland, St. Louis, and a couple of other teams had some big issues with COVID-19. They had a lot of delayed games and they had to play, on some occasions, they had to play two games in one day. Uh, now, baseball is a very different game. You would have pitchers not playing every game every day anyway. Um, so it is very different. Could we see the comeback of triple back-to-back games if they do pile on a lot of games? I, I, I mean, yeah. I could see it. Um, you could see Popovich rolling out his third string G unit team and seeing how they deliver the damage against a second unit Laker team that's led by Alex Caruso. And no one would watch that kind of stuff, though. That would be, you know, very, very much. Paint, it would be paint dry TV. It really would. Yeah, I, I can't see it happening. Um, it's. It's a tough one. The NBA are obviously trying to strike a balance and we do live in the age of player empowerment and I think that has always been um, something at the forefront. You know, your LeBron Jameses are all at the front. I mean, I remember when they were talking about the bubble, a lot of players came out and said, well, if LeBron says we're playing, we're playing. Um, And there is that kind of mentality in the league. Chris Paul has obviously a lot to do with it. He's the head of the Players Association uh, Kyrie Irving somehow managed to get in there as well. Not quite sure how. Um, but you do have a kind of three people at the top of the, the, the totem pole in the NBA and the players' side that have a lot of power. Um, but at the end of the day, money talks. And I think Adam Silver has to go for December. That's, that's why I see December as being a realistic starting point. It does mean that it's an accelerated training camp and everything else. And players don't get the time off that they would normally get, um, especially at the, nor- the time of year. Because obviously, if you if you're a player in Utah, for example, in October you're covered in snow already. Um, in fact, you've probably been covered in snow since September. Um, so you've not really had a chance to go away, have a sunny vacation, um, come back to training camp. Same with guys in Denver and all the rest of it, Minnesota. So for them, it's probably tougher. For guys that maybe live in sunnier climates like uh, LA or Miami, they probably holiday there anyway because it's so nice. Um, So it's it's a tough one to to balance up. I do think it'll be December. I think money talks. I think the TV execs will be on the backs of the NBA saying, hey, we paid you a crap load of money 
to give us a product to show live. You're not going to give it to us, then we're going to cut you. And then players have to remember that that then affects their salaries at the end of the day. Like you were saying, you know, mid-level exceptions and all that kind of stuff, whew, cut in half potentially. Yep. So um, it's a big one. There is one that will probably rumble on over the next couple of weeks, probably after the draft uh, this weekend. Uh, we do have the draft this weekend. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves have the number one pick. Um, I'm going to ask you straight out, are they going to take Lamelo Ball? Not a chance. Not a chance are they taking Lamelo Ball. The only, the only reason they would ever take Lamelo Ball is that they found a perfect trade partner for him. Because... Really, do they? They've got what they think is their two stars now in D'Angelo and Cat, and they're both happy right now. If they throw in another guy who needs the ball as often as those two do, who also doesn't play any defense, where can they go? Like, how much lower can they go? So, I, I just I don't see them taking Lamelo. I think they're going to take probably some kind of forward to kind of complement those two that they've got just now. Probably a defensive guy. So probably not James Wiseman either then. No. I, I mean, I think um, he obviously would make up a little bit for Kat's kind of unwillingness to take on big guys and stuff. But I think that he's almost as bad as Cat on the kind of awareness and the defense. He just seems to be very erratic. So he's going to run into all sorts of issues if he does end up in Minnesota, which I don't see them doing. So, I mean, the only player that I can really see, and, and he is he's more of a, a, a stretch five as well, is Obi Topham, um, who's coming in out of Dayton. Um, he, he's probably the only one out there that's probably close. I mean, you've got Denny, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, uh, Denny Avgia um, from Maccabi Tel Aviv. Um, there, there's, this isn't a forward-heavy draft, this is a guard and, and probably center heavy draft and probably true centers as well. I mean, even Patrick Williams uh, from Florida State, I mean, he's needed by other teams. Um, obviously, Minnesota have the first pick, so they they will ultimately make the decision as to who they go for. Um, but yeah, Lamella Ball, where do you see Lamella Ball landing, if not in Minnesota? I mean, for Lamello, I think that his best kind of situation would be the Pistons. It, I mean, obviously it's it's not a glamorous state. It's not a glamorous team and they're not really going anywhere quickly. But I think for what he provides and for what they need, it's a match made in heaven. It really is. Like, it's just, you know, they, they don't have a, they don't have a real point guard. They've got Derek Rose, but obviously you can't rely on Derek Rose. Um, and Although he does score got, against Utah quite regularly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but issues, you know, he's just, I, I think he's he's probably going to be one of the ones that they look to try and move off the books because they've, they've got a real issue just now where do they re-sign Wood? Because they, they really should. Um, and, you know, if they're going to put all that money there, can't afford to go and give Derek Rose his money. After he's had quite, a, I mean, he had quite a, a nice season. I wouldn't say a great season, but he had a nice, productive season. Um, so I think that probably the Pistons would be the best landing spot for Lamelo to really show off. 
Lamelo Ball um, could drop in this draft. A lot of places saying he's, he's number one. Here's a big question: Who's better, Lonzo or Lamelo? Uh, from what I've seen, I would probably say Lamelo, but that's mainly because I've not seen him have massive blow-ups with his teammates and with his own inability to shoot um, as Lonzo has over the years. Okay. So, moving on to the second pick, and I have a, a, tra- a, dra- a draft day um, trade that, that, that potentially could happen. Um, and, and I have a couple of sources on this. Not that I'm going to give them away, but there is, a, there is talk of this being realistic. Golden State Warriors have the second pick in this year's draft. And with the second pick, they have some confusion as to what they should really go for. So instead of going for somewhat of an unknown, um, especially with the college season not really getting to play out, what they're going to do is they're going to trade the second pick away for a, a guaranteed centre, an actual centre, something they've not had probably properly since, say, Andrew Bogut. Um, And they are going to trade their second pick to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gobert. Wow. And obviously the Jazz jazz are then down a centre. And because we have such a young core, I say we because I'm a Jazz fan, obviously, Hmm. because we have such a young core of players, your Royce O'Neills, your Donovan Mitchells, we actually go after James Wiseman. Oh, interesting. And we take James Wiseman, which means basically Golden State, instead of doing a half rebuild, um, they've got Curry back, they've got Thompson back, they've got Green back. Instead of kind of having to wait for a center to start to flourish and get used to playing a game um, at such a high level, that they bring in Rudy Gobert, who's already ready-made and, and good to go. Yeah, I mean, it, that's it's. I think it'll be a really good fit for for both parties there. Um, I think that the way that the Jazz were, um, like in the bubble and and uh, in, in the postseason and stuff like that this year, kind of it showed that they might be ready to kind of move away from the kind of stuff that Gobert brings. They might need to, I don't know, like kind of retool around uh, Donovan Mitchell and, you know, make sure that they're using everything to their advantage rather than say, we've got our point guard, we've got our center, we know what to do. Um, I think that, I mean, James Weinsman's a, a kind of interesting one though. Like from from what I've seen, it would be, it'd be a big kind of switch up for the whole kind of jazz mentality, I, I think though, because it would take a lot for you guys to kind of rein him in. Just, just from like this, his highlights and um, seeing him playing college and stuff like that, it would take a yeah. lot for him to he's not, be reined in. I mean, you've already said it. He's not a defensive masterclass or anything like that. I mean, I'm not going to be expecting him to put up big block numbers or um, anything like that. But I, I would expect to have not straight away, but maybe in a year or two, in terms of rebounding, the same kind of numbers that Gobert has been getting for the Jazz. And this is the thing the Jazz just now aren't built to win now. But if they can offload Gobert, and I mean that in the most respectful way, because, you know, Gobert has been a great servant to, to the Jazz. 
But I think for the good of the team, the good of the, the franchise, you move on from Gobert. Um, there, there was obviously the issues in March um, when he was touching microphones and whatever else in the media. Um, and then two days later, he's got COVID-19. Um, a lot of a lot of players weren't happy with how he handled himself uh, in the jazz. Um, there was talk of a bit of dissent between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. That, you know, a lot of that is made out in the media. So how much of that is actually true? Um, there was one report that said they didn't actually speak for several months after the NBA season got closed out. Um, again, how much of that is true? I don't know. It does come from reliable sources from like ESPN and, and these, these kind of outlets um, like Woj and whoever. Um, so they are reliable kind of sources that you would tend to rely on. However, being a jazz fan, I'm maybe got jazz tinted glasses because I, I would hate to think that our two big stars weren't talking and weren't kind of getting along. But if that has been the case and there is dissension, then the jazz have new ownership now that this is a this is probably a key thing to this trade is that the jazz new have now have new ownership. They have a coach that's done pretty well and um, he's turned a team around and got us into the playoffs they have a bona fide star in Donovan Mitchell. All they, all they really need is that extra piece. And I think it has to be a young piece uh, to complement uh, Bogdanovich and, and everything else. And I, I think James Wiseman is, is probably the right guy. And the defense, the defense will come because Donovan Mitchell wasn't that great a defensive player in college. He was all right, but he wasn't setting the world on fire with his defense. But he is in Utah um, under Quinn Snyder, who is who does seem to be a bit of a defensive genius. So I, th- I think it's a, it would be a great move for Golden State because they get a ready-made center that they can go in and have a championship run. And the Jazz can start to tool up for two or three years' time. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think it's probably a better move for the Jazz than for Golden State because I think even with uh, the trade for Rudy Gobert. I think they're still the third team in their division, not in the conference, in their division. So I still think they're quite a bit away from really actually challenging. Like injuries that um, Clay had, and the fact that uh, Steph was in and out last year and stuff as well. They decided not to obviously bring him back fully. Um, I I just I don't see them being really that much of a, a threat to the, the other big teams in, in the West, not for at least a good couple of years. And I think that after them, it's the, they're kind of past the prime, which is it's a shame to say. And it's it's kind of staggering to think that they suddenly went from, you know, perennial title contenders to, you know, they, they might make the playoffs, but they, they, they might, you know, not actually next year, in my opinion, because they really need to sort out what they're doing with the, uh, Andrew Wiggins, because I think that's the the big uh, <laughs> question mark down there. I think Andrew Wiggins is, is definitely a question mark, and I think he has a, a very sizable contract as well, which doesn't make life easy um, for for the, the Warriors. I, I think he probably stays, and I, I think that Steve Kerr has been working with him 
um, on not so much building his confidence, but giving him a bit of a kick up the ass, to be perfectly frank. And because we've seen with Minnesota, um, uh, we've seen with Jimmy Butler when he was in Minnesota, the comments that he made about that team were, they don't care. Like, they're not up for playing basketball. They are turning up, having a laugh, having a joke, you know, oh, we're all mates and all this kind of stuff. And Jimmy Butler was all for that as well. But at the end of the day, when you stepped onto the court, that that stops. Like, as soon as he stepped onto that line, Jimmy Butler was good to go. Now, Jimmy Butler, we have seen, has found a team who fits his mold of what a team should look like. And we looked what happened, you've seen what happened um, with Miami. And I, I think that Wiggins just needs that shell broken and, and a good kick up the rear end to get him actually going. Um, and if Steve Kerr can see that he can get him going, he'll stay. If Steve Kerr has any doubts whatsoever and whether Wiggins will snap out of whatever kind of fun time he's having, um, then I think he's gone. Yeah, I mean, I from from following Andrew Owens quite closely over the over the years he's been in the league actually, he's he's went from potentially one of the biggest kind of upsides um that you could possibly hope for to basically Chapaz Napier two point Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, he has had a, a, a and it's weird and I don't know if it's a Minnesota thing, because I I feel like Carl Anthony Towns is probably the most overrated player. Um, in the NBA just now. Everyone rates him so highly because he apparently does so much. He does a lot on offense, but defense, it just seems to be when he can be bothered. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's he's definitely, he's great at something. You know, he's great at something. He's great at built, bigging himself up and making himself look like the big hard man. But as we've seen with Jimmy being there, he was quickly found out and um, we've seen Jimmy opt to leave to greener pastures. That's right. Um, if we look at a couple of the other names um, in this draft, um, we've got Anthony Edwards of Georgia. Um, he's a guard. Um, I think some places haven't projected as kind of going second or third. Um, if the Warriors did keep their pick, I, it's not someone I think that they would go for. I think they're a bit guard heavy already. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely some someone that I highlighted as one of the potential top ones in the draft like a lot of teams can use his skill set but because of the kind of streaky shooter that he is he could either you know come of age and turn into the next coming of Bradley Beal and really just take the lead by storm in his, in his first year or he could turn into Dion Waiters so you know you've really got to be sure that you can, con- you can convince them to buy into your system and you know knuckle down and um, what I actually had down for him is again the Pistons could use a player like him. Uh, <laughs> I think you're going to find you're that a lot. Are you becoming a Pistons fan? <laughs> <laughs> their whole squad is just—it's just hilarious. It really is when you look down their roster. Um, so many of the things coming out of this year's draft are just perfect for them actually building. But you, we know that they're not going to take any of them. They're going to get another center, and they're just going to, you know fluff their chance at building an actual half-decent team again. Do you think there will be any surprises uh, on draft day 
Um, obviously, there was one trade that I've mentioned that I think has potential uh, to run. But do you think there's there's anything else there that could surprise us on Sunday? Um, I, I, I don't really. It all depends on what happens with the, the restart of the league and stuff. I think that if the, the restart is set in stone or is looking like it's going to be set in stone by then, I think you'll see a lot more teams trying to, you know, not shop their picks, but they'll be looking to manoeuvre into the best case scenario for them. Um, one of the one of the guys I was I was gonna uh, chat about was that uh, Therese Halliburton. I think he's gonna be, you know, a real surprise this coming year. I think um, out of all the kind of guards in the draft, he's one of the better ones that you know has has a lot going for him. So I'll be I wouldn't be surprised if he gets into the top five. Yeah, I mean Halliburton, he's at Ohio State. Um, seemed to have quite an impressive statistical profile um, during his two years there. Um, he's tall, skinny, 6'5 guard, um, probably needs to bulk up once he, he gets to the NBA. Um, shoots about 80% from free throws. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely someone that – you're talking about Detroit. Uh, that That is someone – again, it's a guard, and, and we, we know that this is a guard-heavy front line of a, of a draft. Um, Detroit again you're probably the team that are probably looking at him um, if he falls to them in the draft so that's that's something we'll have to, to keep an eye on Sunday will be interesting um, if nothing else uh, there is some usually some kind of drama on draft day um, so we'll see what it ends up being this week uh, right let's move on then um, so we've got the Golden State Warriors and we've already mentioned them I am very much of the opinion that they can contend this this season coming, uh, but they do need some pieces. They need to add. Uh, they will, I think, struggle, and this will probably sound a bit strange. I think they'll struggle if it's a shortened season, in terms of because of injuries and you know they've not played since March, so they've basically not played for nearly a year. Um, that it's going to take them a long time to get up to kind of game speed uh, because that much sit-down time, I mean, you can play in your backyard as much as you want, but that much sit-down time is not doing anyone any good. Um, so I think it's going to take them a long time to find their feet and get going. Whereas if it's a, a normal, even if it's like a 70-game season, I think they strongly make the playoffs and they actually just get stronger and stronger as the season goes on as long as they stay fit. Yeah, I mean, I I can see them definitely, you know, getting in and around the kind of seventh seventh kind of spot. Um, oh, that's harsh. Yeah, um, <laughs> you do remember that we made that bet last season, and you know, someone was right and someone was wrong about Golden State Warriors and LA and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> I didn't know injuries were going to happen. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> it happened too. I'll remind you of that. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> some we'll double nothing this year. That, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I don't I don't think they're going to be as offensively great as they have been in the past. And I think um, seeing them with one full season with their stars back without KD, with um, Looney possibly playing as their main center, um, I just I don't see how they're going to keep up with how the rest of the league have retooled around them and how the rest of the league are 
are doing what they do, but at not as an effective rate, but they know exactly what they're expecting now. So it seems like the West League have kind of caught on to this is the way the Golden State play. Let's try and emulate it, but with their own little twists. So you mentioned KD there. Now, I'm pretty sure Golden State won titles before KD arrived. Um, and and they, they won it pretty much with uh, a, a strong core of Thompson, Curry and Green. They had a lot of supporting cast members there as well that aren't there any longer. Um, but Looney's, Looney's turned out to be not too bad. Um, and there's a few other pieces there that, that actually don't look horrendous. And I think on some teams could probably go there and start because the, the, the teams aren't that great. But you've got to wonder, I mean, the Lakers probably, if you go to a bookie, are probably uh, front runners. God knows how. Um, but you've got to think that this is a bit of a redemption year for, for the Warriors. You know, they, they knew they were going to have a down year. They had no no players. This, I mean, they're coming back. They've got Marquis Chris. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Chris played pretty well, Looney's been playing pretty well, and Thompson, obviously, uh, as well. And I think maybe, and, and we've spoken about it already, hinges on how they manage Andrew Wiggins, or in fact, how they've managed him since March um, to, to when the season starts. Because if they can get him and give him that kick up the ass that he needs, um, and it works, then surely that allows them to to push on and you know they've got a strong starting four even potentially starting five unit yeah i mean um i i I just i wouldn't put any hopes on marquis chris actually coming good though mainly because they didn't even have faith in them they released them then they got him back and then they give him a 10-day contract and then there was a lot of dodgy dealings going on with marcus chris near the near the end of the, the before the before lockdown there and I, I don't, I don't rate him. I really don't. I think that unless he he's got someone else playing as a big to help him develop, he's not going to develop because he's just he's too inexperienced. He's too, you know, flaky. I, I feel. And um, but they do. I, I do think I do agree that they do have a really strong starting. I'd say starting three. I I, I don't put uh, Wiggins in a in a good starting four. Um, whereas the three that are coming, I mean, two of them are coming back from some significant injuries and that's that's kind of why I'm saying that I don't think that they're going to be really on the war path I think they're going to be looking to try and build themselves back up maybe realizing that this is maybe not their year but they're going to try and build for the future and you know compete the year after this possibly Possible. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Um, I mean, we don't even know when the season's starting yet. So, um, we've got the draft this weekend. That will certainly put a bit more light on to, to how we think the season's going to pan out. Um, one thing, and a good thing, happy thing um, to talk about, is we've seen some uniforms um, being released uh, by a couple of the teams. Atlanta came out with their one. Um, one thing that I have noticed is all the... Uh, alternative jerseys, the home away and the alternative jerseys. Um, the alternative jersey has the Air Jordan logo on it rather than just the, the Nike logo. Uh, that's that's a bit of a change because Charlotte Hornets um, had the, the Air Jordan on all their jerseys um, last time out. Uh, is this a is this trying to bring bra- back a brand that is maybe flailing a little bit? 
I think it'll be trying to differentiate between the, the different styles of jerseys. I think that uh, obviously the kind of Jordan brand is is a bit more, you know, trying to be new and expressive rather than your traditional kind of jerseys that you would normally have as your normal home and away shirts and stuff like that. Um, so I think it's it's quite it's quite a good change um, because it will really kind of help differentiate between what shirts are what and stuff like that. I'm hoping that it will lead to some maybe more extravagant and more appealing kind of jerseys from other teams. Um, I've seen I've seen a few. <laughs> I've seen a few, and I've seen a few really kind of shocking ones. Um, for instance, the Dallas one that's really just white and gold. That's a bit strange. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, the, uh, the, the, the uh, Hawks have come out. Uh, they've done a, uh, a partnership uh, with the state of civil rights icon uh, Martin Luther King, um, and they have this kind of black and gold and white jersey, um, and it's got MLK written across the front. So it's obviously in Atlanta. Um, team and um, that's going to be used as their city edition jersey um, for the next season so they've actually released all their jerseys all four of them um, but the M- it's got MLK and it's you know we're, we're going back to that kind of not not quite to what we've seen in the bubble with names on the backs or expressions on on the back of jerseys um, but that, that that could be something that um, really stands out um, kind of obviously the NBA players have have had a lot to do with this election that's been going on in the US. Um, they've had a lot to do with uh, civil rights um, o- over the last couple of years and beyond. Is this quite a nice touch that the NBA and the Hawks have done? Yeah, I do. I think I do think it's it's truly nice, and I think it's um, a case of you know you've got to always keep it. In the 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 front of your mind, basically, and uh, go away from all the progress that has been made, which is quite it's quite good. You know, I'm 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 quite liking that. Um, a couple of other jerseys that I did quite like when I when I saw them, the Chicago one was was quite original. That was much better than their their stars attempt last year, which is good. <laughs> um, the the obviously the, the two LA ones of are basically just rehashes of what they've done before, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but you know, have you that's, seen that's the, what... the the Golden State Warriors new City Edition jersey? Now, I am uh, an Oakland A's baseball team fan, and the Oakland A's and the Golden State Warriors used to um, share a concourse, um, and you literally could walk from one stadium into the next. Um, it was literally like. A stones throw away from each other. Now, the City Edition jersey that the Golden State Warriors have come out with has Oakland written over it. I kind of see that as a bit of a slap in the face uh, to Oakland that now that the the Warriors are playing in San Francisco um, and are are playing with this Oakland apparelled jersey. Um, If you're an Oakland fan, you're probably still a Warriors fan, to be to be fair, but at the same time, they left, they left, and all right, yep. they just went across a bridge, but they still left. Yep, yep. I mean, I have to say though, it's a really nice jersey. Um, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we see more back and forth from Draymond Green and Conor McGregor. Um, 
with the whole jersey kerfuffle that that was back in the day because that was the similar kind of jersey that Connor was wearing. Um, so yeah, I, I do I do appreciate the niceness of the of the uniform, but I think I mean I think it's good for some teams to you know look back at where they came from and stuff and not just ago. say. <laughs> You're not looking back very far. I mean, the Jazz, well, for example. The, the style of jerseys looking back, though. The, the, the Jazz, for example, they, they brought back their, their jerseys from the 90s. Um, yeah. And Toronto did a similar thing. Um, so, because jerseys, in, in my opinion, in the 90s were awesome um, and, and should live on forever. Um, this jersey, the style of it is from that era um, when, when the Warriors were obviously in Oakland um, and, and I guess it pays homage to that era but nah I'm, I'm not a fan of it saying Oakland if it said Golden State over it <laughs> then probably alright but as an A's fan and, and knowing a lot of A's fans are also Golden State Warrior fans uh, I don't think it sits too well with them but <laughs> uh, one I do like um, and it is a bit different is uh, the City Edition jersey for Portland Trailblazers. Uh, they've got Oregon written over the front of it. Um, it's got some kind of um, silvery kind of grey and red and blue. and it, it looks very, very different to anything they've had yeah, before. It's very, it's very clean, very clean. Yeah, I like that one. Um, we'll move on to our, our last topic uh, for the day. Um, everyone's been talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. And is he going to end up in LA? Is he going to end up in Miami? Is he going to end up on the moon? Um, no one. And obviously this is down to the player. And the player is obviously hedging his bets as to where he might want to go because he's probably going to want to go where there's a fair amount of money uh, on offer. Um, Giannis, will he stay? Will he go? From Milwaukee, obviously. Um what no, what no one seems to have kind of maybe thought about is, yes, um, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar moved from Milwaukee to um, LA, but doesn't mean that um, uh, Giannis is going to want to do that. No, I mean that's that's very true. I mean, um, he was a big fan of Jason Kidd's, and he was very upset when he got let go. He was, that's, yeah, I do remember that. That's one of the things that kind of sticks in my mind, and I think that. Seeing how Coach Bud has got that team working, I'm kind of wondering if if Giannis isn't in the back of his mind going, they made the wrong decision. You know, Coach Bud only got it so far, and he he obviously couldn't do it in the playoffs. He's proven time and time again he can't do it in the playoffs. He can put good teams around him. He he's a great regular season guy, but in the playoffs, I don't think he's a, he's the right man for the job. Um, I I obviously leading into the the finals there was a lot of talk about can you imagine if Miami had Giannis next season um I I've always been strong of the opinion that Miami wouldn't do that they wouldn't just shell out most of their star young squad for yeah, Giannis they young they have a young good squad you look at Hero the Bam oh man they, they they I mean they made it to the finals with what you would say was a predominantly young team. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jimmy Butler probably brought up the age by quite a, a fair margin. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't, I don't see him going to Miami. I think that's just Miamians' um, wishful thinking. Um, the Lakers has obviously been one that has been at the top 
of everyone's list because his brother plays for the Lakers. Although when I say play, I mean he pretty much won. Well, he he won a ring. He won a ring though. (laughs) Won a ring before his brother. How many many minutes did he play? Um, So uh, probably about the same amount of minutes as Dwight Howard in Game Six. But, well, um, I can tell you, how, I can, I can tell you how many minutes he played more than definitely Yanis in any finals. Oh, <laughs> tough talk. Um, well, I tell you something: if Yanis goes, you'll not be playing any more. Um, <laughs> Dwight Howard was was my little joke of the of the finals. Didn't really do anything, and then he had he, he had a logo three in game six. He. Played a fifteen <laughs> seconds. Yeah, Dwight Howard. Being Dwight Howard. Um, yeah. Back to Giannis. Um, is it realistic? And we've always seen that LeBron forced Cleveland into going into the luxury tax and paying millions upon millions of dollars to pay that luxury tax to pay all these players. Is this going to be a similar situation where he goes to Jeannie Buss and said, if you want me to stay and you want championships, you're going to pay the luxury tax and you're going to bring in Giannis? I I think it all depends on what Anthony Davis's thoughts are. I think a lot of the talk after the finals about comparing about how who the best teammate for LeBron and stuff has been has been focused around Anthony Davis. And I think that that's true. I think that the best compliment for LeBron is Anthony Davis. I, I know Giannis is, you know, has more possible potential. He's much better on defense, etc. Um, I think he's he's a little bit younger as as well, isn't he, Giannis? Um, but I would still rather have Anthony Davis paired up with LeBron than Giannis paired up with LeBron. That that in my mind that that would be the best situation for LeBron for Genie and probably for for uh, Davis as well. You know. Smitten his kind of legacy with, you know, more championships with LeBron. Yeah. So if you if you were Giannis, so Giannis has got pretty big shoes, by the way. Um, if, if you were Giannis, and you had to make a decision today, where would you go? Would you stay or or would you go? I think I wouldn't go anywhere this year, knowing not knowing how many games is going to go on how the games are going to spread out, et cetera, all the issues with the salary caps and stuff like that. So you'd be hurting your your potential um, market going forward. I would see it the rest of the contract. And then what I'd be looking at, I'd be looking at who makes the best moves to fit around me this year and then go, I want to go there. That's what I would do. And I hate to say it, I think that he's going to go to a big market and the biggest market that, the that really needs... I won't say the Knicks. I'm going to say the Knicks. No. I'm going to say the Knicks. I think that they are going Indolan to like, just is, totally... There's a moron. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm just going to... I'm going to throw out there that they're going to totally gut their whole roster so that they've got that cap what space. roster? They don't have a roster. <laughs> they do. They've got a lot of bigs. They've got a whole bunch of bigs and they've got a whole bunch of guards who can't shoot. So, you know, <laughs> there's... There's always there's always people looking for really defensive guards who can't shoot and can't pass that well. Yeah, that's very true. Well, uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see what happens with Giannis. Uh, that's obviously on the cards. And um, thank you so much for joining me, Ryan. Uh- 
huge thank you to Ryan uh, for giving up his time coming on the, the podcast again. I think Ryan's going to become a bit of a regular, um, if I'm honest. He's, his knowledge on the NBA is pretty good. I'm sure you'll all agree. Um, if you do want to follow Ryan, um, you can do so. He is in the Facebook group, um, so he's going to start posting on there as well any kind of NBA news that comes out. So um, do get engaged with himself as well. Um, Across the Pond Sports Pod, the, the Facebook group. So do join us uh, in there. We're also on Instagram, Instagram even, um, Across the Pond Sports Pod, and on Twitter at ATP Sports Pod. Um, so we've got a lot going on. And do remember not to miss us on the Collide app um, this weekend. Definitely better to, to share uh, football together um, and, and sit and watch and have a laugh and a bit of banter. Um, about teams and stuff. We were having jokes about the Jets last week. Um, unfair on the Jets, I guess, but uh, <laughs> there was a Jets fan, so it's fine. Um, God knows why he's a Jets fan, but there you go. Um, awesome to to have another show, an NBA show this uh, for you this week. Um, the NBA is coming closer. Obviously, we, we discussed uh, when the NBA is going to start. Um, we will... Look to do some NBA preview shows when we know when that's going to happen. Um, and um, we'll, we'll carry you through the NBA season whenever it starts, um, right through to the end. Um, as I said before, I think Ryan's definitely going to be a, a part of that moving forward. Um, he certainly enjoys the, the show as well. So um, do join us um, for our next show next week. Uh, with, we're back with Katie um, as we cover off week nine, what happened, um, all the big talking points. So do join us for that next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.